Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to the Cattle Station Classroom Podcast, where we learn about the North Australian beef industry and answer your questions. So, it doesn't matter how far from town you are, because we're bringing the classroom to you. Welcome to the Cattle Station Classroom Podcast. In today's lesson, we are going to be learning about the legal requirements of managing a pastoral lease in Western Australia. We'll cover topics such as what a pastoral lease can be used for, what activities are required to be compliant, what makes a good tenant, and even the renewals process. To do this, I'm joined by Carla Ringer, who is the Director of the Board Support Directorate within the WA Department of Planning, Lands and Heritage. So let's start off with what a pastoral lease actually is. So a pastoral lease is a lease of Crown land uh, for pastoral purposes. Uh, and pastoral purposes means uh, the grazing of livestock, such as cows and sheep uh, and goats, uh, and certain supplementary and ancillary purposes, such as, you know, having a homestead, uh, water points, uh, tracks, and, and all of those things that you need in order to run a pastoral lease. And with the word lease, I'm guessing that is an ongoing thing like leasing a house or a room in a house. Uh, not that you buy something and it's one and done. So does that mean that people are paying rent as you would if you leased a house in the city? Yeah, uh, very much like that. Uh, so we, the state is the landlord. Uh, the uh, partial lessee is, is the tenant, if, if you like, in, in that an- analogy. Uh, and they have certain obligations like uh, you pay rent uh, on a twice yearly basis. Uh, you fill in an annual return in which you tell the landlord as being the state, what sort of numbers of livestock you've got and what other activities you've been doing on the land. Uh, and you have certain responsibilities towards uh, the land uh, and the animals that you run on the land as well under the terms of the lease. Now, continuing on with this analogy of leasing a house in the city versus a pastoral lease, down here in, in town, often leases might go for six months or 12 months, you know, not too far into the future. I'm guessing that wouldn't really be beneficial in a pastoral context because we're running businesses and making major capital investments. How long does a pastoral lease go for? Yeah, pastoral leases are a bit longer than uh, your average uh, tenancy in the city. Uh, so uh, by law, they can't be any longer than 50 years. Uh, and the shortest ones we've got are 18 years. Okay. And so how many pastoral leases do we have in WA? All right. We've got uh, 490 pastoral leases. Uh, 
some pastoral leases uh, together form a station. So we've got 434 pastoral stations. Uh, and then, um, you know, obviously some people are on multiple stations. So we've got around about 340 pastoral lessees. Okay, so I just want to ask you the difference between the 490 leases and the 434 stations. If somebody has got, say, two or three leases that form a station, when they want to sell, do they sell it all as one title or is it technically three bills of sale then? No, uh, the, uh, station is an administrative unit, so that it's bought and sold together. Uh, you do have three separate leases, though, that are all registered with Landgate. And so the sale would be one sale contract that you signed, but it would result in your name being, or the name of the next person being put on three separate lease documents, uh, at Landgate. As with any kind of tenancy, there are rules. So in town, again, you know, pay your rent, don't trash the house. Maybe some people say no pets inside. What are the rules when it comes to being a good tenant on a pastoral lease? Uh, basically, a good tenant, in my books at least, is, is someone who pays the rent you know, on time, who uh, fills in their annual return uh, online these days. Uh, you know, It's not on a piece of paper anymore, uh, so, uh, so that's uh, easier as well. But really, the, the important things are look after your animals and look after the land. Uh, so... From, by law, a pastoralist is, a pastoralist, I'm sorry, is to, uh, manage the lease according to its best pastoral advantage, uh, so, and also then to use, uh, methods of best pastoral and environmental land management and, uh, animal management as well. So, so it's really looking after the country and looking after, uh, the animals. That's important. So you- this term you just said to use or to, to use the land to its best pastoral advantage. Can we break that down? What does that actually mean? That's actually, um, a, a matter for the pastoral lands board to d- determine. So, uh, cause it's not always as, as simple as, you know, uh, running more animals means you make better, take better advantage of the land because then you run into the issue of, well, is that actually good for the country or for the animals themselves to run too many of them. And what if, uh, you know, it doesn't rain for a, a few years, which, uh, which happens, uh, is it responsible to keep running lots of animals, uh, on, on the land when, you know, there's, there hasn't been the water and therefore not the grass. Uh, so it's, it's uh, there's a lot of interpretation around, um, what is good land management? What is best pastoral advantage? Uh, so, We've got a pastoral lands board that is uh, in charge of uh, interpreting this and the pastoral lands board has uh, a chairperson. It has uh, three pastoral lessees who actually, you know, have experience managing pastoral leases. Uh, it has uh, an Aboriginal uh, person with experience in the pastoral industry and has an environmental uh, representative as well. And, and that body of people uh, interprets those terms that I just mentioned in the context of each particular lease and in the context of each uh, particular season. So you can't just say, you know, uh, being a good pastoralist means running uh, 8,494 uh, head of cattle. It's really being responsive to the seasons and, and, and responsive to the needs of your animals and, and looking at what the country looks like. What is good use of that land in this particular season? Okay, so it sounds like, like you said, it's open to interpretation and there's a lot of room there to account for 
the differences in season and and also perhaps uh, the historical context of the property, whether or not the person is dealing with historical degradation. So it is quite um, taken as on a case by case basis. It's not a not black and white. I just want to come back to this again. This concept of running the land to its best use, mm-hmm. and that use being it, it's been assigned for pastoral use. Does that mean that you have to? I know you said there's no rule to say you must run this number of head, but is there some kind of rule of you must run some minimum number of head? Yeah. So there's in Western Australian legislation, there's no fixed number of livestock. Uh, associated with with any lease in some other states there is a designated number of livestock a carrying capacity that's then uh, enforced uh, that's not the case in western australia um, in terms of running the list to its best hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Advantage, uh, the Partial Lands Board has... Uh, made, has got a policy, a stocking policy that says that if you're running at more than 30% of your assessed carrying capacity, uh, where the, the partial lands board is not going to ask questions. It just assumes that you're managing according to seasons and according to, uh, to how you uh, need to manage your lease. If you're consistently for years, more than five years running, uh, run at less than that 30% of carrying capacity, the partial lands board has said, well, um, we're not necessarily saying that that's a bad idea, but just tell us how you're still managing the land to its best pastoral advantage. Uh, and the answer could be as simple as, well, it hasn't actually rained for the last five years, so I'm not going to run livestock because that's going to degrade my country uh, and it wouldn't be a responsible thing to do. Um, but it, it could also be an indication that, uh, in fact, the lessee is, is moving towards uh, some different uh, activities that they want to do on the land. Um which we can then talk about whether there's, there's still, whether that's a good use. The Pastoral Lands Board does recognise the benefits of diversification. Uh, and there is some room in the Act to achieve that, but there are limits to that. And at some point, you really have to, uh, think about moving to an alternative form of tenure. Yeah. I was just about to ask that. So it's sort of a measure in place to ensure that, yeah, if you're running a very low number of stock for a, for a long period of time, you, and that may indicate that they're either yeah not wanting to perhaps be in pastoralism or they're doing something else on the lease and because it's a pastoral lease that that's when it may come to the point where it needs to be changed to a different kind of lease um so yeah that's right but it really depends on the circumstances because if if you're not running stock because uh well there's there's wild dogs make it impossible to run sheep for instance yeah. uh uh but you you dearly like to and you're waiting for this this fence to be constructed so you, you you can that's a different situation from if you have a business model that revolves around conservation or something like that in which case uh we might have a, a chat about uh you know should you your lease still be a pastoral lease and if you want it to be a pastoral lease you do need to meet those types of requirements uh and the position of the board there is is really to work with lessees to understand what they're trying to achieve uh and then 
come to an agreed way forward so we're not uh, pretending to be something that we're not uh, or in the worst case where someone is not equipped to run livestock but feels that they need to uh, prove a point by putting some livestock on but the uh, infrastructure doesn't allow for that. That's when you end up creating animal welfare issues. So we, we don't want to create those sorts of situations. So the Pastoral Lands Board really works, tries to work with pastoral lessees, uh, have an honest conversation, work forward on to a resolution that's long-term sustainable for uh, the, the lessee and, and also meets the, the, the legal requirements and obligations that they have. So while some of this is obviously uh, open to interpretation, flexible and has to be factored in, like the context needs to be factored in, there are things that will will determine if somebody is a good tenant or a not-so-good tenant. How does that impact with lease renewals? Okay, so renewals um, are at the discretion of the Minister for Lands uh, and so there's no right of renewal. It's simply the Minister for Lands uh, makes a decision whether or not the lease is going to be renewed. There is a process around renewals, and that process uh, starts uh, 11 years before uh, the lease expires, uh, and 11 years sounds like a long time. That is a really long time. Uh, but if you think about it, uh, as, as a partialist, you, you sort of want to know fairly long time before expiry whether you should invest a whole lot of money in putting some fences and waters up that might not pay themselves back until 15, 20 years' time. Uh, so you want to know well before the lease expires. So in order to ensure that uh, that happens and that people have that certainty, uh, the process in the Act says that 11 years before the expiry date, the partial lessee can apply to the Minister for Lands to uh, renew the lease, and th- they've got a year to do that. So it doesn't have to be on that particular date. It's They've got a year from that date. And then the Minister for Lands uh, has two years to make his or her decision as to whether the lease is going to be renewed uh, or not uh, based on, you know, in some cases it might be that the land might be required for different purposes, uh, but um, the Minister would also consider what the track record of the uh, the partial lessee is. So, you know, if, if someone's been a good tenant for uh, for many years, then, uh, you know, the minister would be more inclined to renew the lease, uh, one would assume, than if, if they've been a bad tenant and trashed the place, a bit like the, the situation in Perth, uh, I guess, in a way. We realise that, you know, partial lessees are under all sorts of pressure, uh, managing a land, you know, 400,000 hectares uh, is a time-consuming, difficult affair. Uh, pastoral businesses operate over very long time frames, over decades. Uh, now, as a government agency that deals with pastoral SEs, what we try to do is to recognise those time frames and work with people through the, the good times but also through the bad times as well. Uh, so we, we try to get to a place where people have certainty that we will you know, treat them well if they behave well to the extent that we can, but also that uh, we do have some tools to make sure that people take notice of their requirements when, uh, when that doesn't happen. And that's it for today's lesson. To learn more about this topic or to get in touch with our guest, visit www.dplh.wa.gov.au. 
See you next time.